Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. He's just a hack. He's just an absolute hack. And he gets his ass kicked by his teammates every week. It's just, you know, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Welcome back to Hack City. Joe Delio and Sean Anderson, two former college football players from the University of Rhode Island. Today, we are going to be recapping the action from this past week of the FCS football playoffs. We're talking about the quarterfinals as we prepare for the semifinals. Just in case you needed that update, Sean, the games we're going to be recapping, of course, North Dakota State beating South Dakota, South Dakota State beating Villanova, Montana surviving in overtime against Furman in a thrilling classic game. And then lastly, Albany pulls out the upset against Idaho in the Kibbe Dome. All that and more coming up on today's episode. Before we get to that, though, Sean, can you just tell our listeners about our good friends over at Bet Online? I'd love to. I would love to tell people about Bet Online. I'm not going to get into the the gory details of what has already taken place today during uh, an ugly NFL slate. Did, did you bet the Did you bet the Army Navy under like I did? Uh, no, my uh, the the best bet that I heard from that game. Uh, my dad told me that he bet on uh, Army. And uh, they were able to. Uh, oh, I, I did that too. That I did that too, and I broke. I broke even because some jackass decided to run out of the back of the end zone, and the twenty-seven and a half under didn't hit. Sorry, continue. sorry. It's, it's just a read for a sponsor here. Uh, well, if you like betting on football, like it, like it sounds like Joe likes to do, uh, head to Bet Online, uh, NFL, college football, UFC, NHL. All the fun sports. Head to Bet Online today. Use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. I don't know if I. I'm two and zero betting on soccer this weekend. I'm zero for on. Football. Oh no! I'm no, 0 for no. On Shut football. the hell up! Shut the hell up! No, you don't do end the read with that. You don't end the goddamn read with that. You I'm bet on soccer. Zero for on football this oh. weekend. Two and zero on oh, soccer. I do. You've that's the worst thing you've ever told me. Oh, I need a new co-host. You've said a lot of stupid shit this year. Okay, that's the stupidest thing you said. I needed a change of pace. Soccer. I needed a third down back, and soccer came in and they got me back right. Bet basketball. Bet basketball. Bet hockey. Anything else? Cold on basketball too. I'm right. I needed a third down back. Rushing. I needed some pong. gambling salvation. I'm not happy You're about it. You're a piece it. of garbage. I agree. You think I'm happy about it or bragging about it? This is the levels that I've turned to, to where I just need to hit one. I needed to hit our one. Fo- our football fans that listen to the show should not should just stop listening because you just said that. <laughs> you should just censor the the initial one and then and just, just censor it. And people can speculate too much what was so ghastly. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. Uh, first game we're going to talk about, South Dakota State versus Villanova, 1 versus 8. 23-12 ends up being the final score. This game, man, had just like a really weird feel to it. The weather was was very impactful uh, for the outcome. There wasn't really any snow or anything, but it, it was tremendously windy. The wind was, was so 
uh, bad at the beginning of this game that like it was the first thing right off the bat that they were talking about. And then you see on the first kickoff, you've got the uh, the you know one of the guys in the kickoff team who was holding the ball on the kickoff. That usually means it's really freaking windy, windy if you have to do that. This game, though, it reminded me of one of the things that I say a lot with with good football teams and great football teams. For me, Sean, what separates a great football team from a good team is their ability to adapt and to be able to win in different ways. Villanova, you know, sparked a little bit of fear in South Dakota State fans. You know, they they played them close. They they produced some big plays like we expected that they would. They you know, kept this game within a score for a little bit of time. But South Dakota State is able to do their thing in the sense that they're able to just run the ball so effectively when it was a day that you were going to have trouble connecting through the air that it helped them pull away and securely win this football game. They're able to adapt when one avenue of the game does not show up for them because they're that freaking good. And on the flip side of this, Villanova, who has been successful because they've been able to air out opposing defenses, they couldn't find that same rhythm. They couldn't find that same placement that set them up to succeed throwing the ball, and that really visibly cost them. There was a stark difference between these two teams and their capabilities because one team could not adapt to the changes in the weather that impacted their ability to throw the ball, and then also especially on special teams. Yeah, with this game, Villanova was holding them tight, which I'm like, oh, look at Villanova. You know, they're standing up a little bit. They're standing up a little bit. But South Dakota State is prone to break you if they can crack it open. And on the after the Isaiah Davis long touchdown run, okay, that's a good touchdown run. Villanova's still in it. The interception on the drive that followed for Villanova, game over. It was just game over. Yeah. And, and, and that is the margin that you need to avoid to continue to stay in the game versus South Dakota state, not just to win, but to stay in the game. You can't give up explosion play, turn it over right afterwards. And there was plenty of time left, but with this team, we all knew, Oh my gosh, they just got scored on. They turned it over in plus territory. This game is cooked. It, it, it was, it was too much. You have to be perfect. You, you can't turn the ball over. And that, that, that is my line of perfection. It's no dumb penalties, can't turn the ball over. And they turn the ball over. Everything else, okay, your, your quarterback's not going to go 16 for 16 for 202 touchdowns. I don't need a 158.3 uh, QBR. But you can't have a turnover after a big explosion mm -hmm. play. South Dakota State will make you pay for it. And they did. If we were doing fat stats for the playoffs, Isaiah Davis obviously would have made it 192 yards, one touchdown, average seven yards per carry on 27 carries. Impressive. I, I, I heat up, heat up more, get hotter somehow in the playoffs, South Dakota State. Let's see, let's see where you can push it. That that's what I'm looking at now. Let's see what else you can do. It's impressive to see what they're doing. Yeah, the, again, just consistently the best football team on every single field that they show up on. The glazing continues. Yeah, They are just so, so good that, again, they will find ways to adapt. And I think you bring up a really good point here. If you're facing South Dakota State, you really do have to play a turnover-free football game. 
Otherwise, you're going to lose. You're going to they're you make they're going to make you pay even if their quarterback is not having the bet. You you could have somebody right. on a, a, a position group on South Dakota State not playing their A game. They're still going to everyone else is so good. They're going to make you pay somehow. And they did. They mm-hmm. did. Villanova great season, a fantastic fight. They challenged South Dakota State early, but it just fell apart for them. Unseeded North Dakota State, Sean, 45-17 to 17 against South Dakota, who was the three seed. Mm. This was a bludgeoning, man. This was one of those games where you're kind of you're watching it, and then you blink, and then you're like, it's 35-3 to three right now? And then you're like, I don't need to watch the rest of this game. Um, I, I obviously I didn't do that. I kept eyes on it for as long as I could, but it got demoted to the second TV as soon as the Army-Navy game started because of how lopsided this game was. Huge credit to Cam Miller, man. I think this was one of the best games of his career in terms of just delivering the ball through the air. It, he picked them apart. He, the, the, North Dakota State and Cam Miller basically said, all right, you know what? You know, you've got this really good defensive front. You've got all these really good linebackers in this front seven, but your DBs stink and nobody's tested them, and we've got some pretty good athletes that we don't really use that often. We're just going to take a bunch of deep shots, and we're going to kill you, and you're going to bleed out onto the field. This was tactile, man. This was ridiculous, the performance that they put up. Yeah, the angriest, most you know, yelling up into the sky, God, where were you team of the week? It's South Dakota and their fans. Because all season, how can you write this out like this? It is so unfair. The sport of football is so unjust. Because South Dakota rips off a great season. They're doing everything right. They're they're making the playoffs. They're seeded. They're winning the big games. They already beat North Dakota State. They're doing well. They look good in their uh, their first playoff game. They're doing good. And then you have to play North Dakota State when they're peaking for the first – when they're peaking? What kind of justice is that for a good season? No team should have to do that. North Dakota State deciding now is the time that we're going to turn it on and let everybody know that, yeah, we're back this season. Is in the is in this round of the playoffs before you waited this long? It's not it's so unfair. It's unbelievable that they decide to flip the switch, have the dominant win that makes you say, Oh my God, North Dakota State is back now. Not in week eight, not in week four, but now they turn it on. It's but here's there's the, no justice. Here's the thing, though, and I, I'm I'm glad that this news broke timely enough that you know we can yeah. react to it. Uh, it was announced today that Coach Matt Entz is going to be leaving North Dakota State in which such a terrible like downgrade of a move to be an assistant defensive coach on Lincoln Riley staff, just a really weird cultural fit too. Cause yeah. like this is a Midwestern guy, this guy from Iowa, he, he coached at UNI and North Dakota state for the longest time, national championship winning coach. And typically the North Dakota state coach goes on to get some pretty big roles. And may, maybe there's just some, some level of um, maybe he thinks he's getting the job. Just, well, no, um, I, I, I'm thinking somebody um, I, I, I'm thinking, wait, what you, 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 USC rather i don't i don't know I'm yeah with, they, they I, already I, I, they already hired a defensive coordinator yeah what i'm getting at here is that the 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 north Dakota state head coach goes on to usually get a pretty good job opportunity yeah. climbing is the kansas state coach and he's done some tremendous things this just feels like a really weird, weird move maybe there is some tension that we don't know about behind closed doors i know that they're 
efforts to expand their athletic facility and their stadium was not approved. And maybe something, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I, I can't really say to that, but I want to talk about us being two former players and understanding the, 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 the dynamics of a locker room. I have to say that every time that there is a coaching change that is announced before big games, even if said coach is still in the locker room and running the team, it is the most deflating thing that can happen to a roster. There is never, never a positive spin on this. And I know that it has happened for North Dakota State in the past. But what I'm getting at here is that the timing when everyone's feeling really good and high on themselves, for them to now hear that their coach is leaving, the guy that recruited them to go to Los Angeles is a huge, huge kick in the nuts. And he's not even leaving to take a big coaching gig. He's taking an assistant role for USC. I just think that it is tough to transition from that and try to build off of that and to set up again and to play against this Montana team that has been nothing but hot. It's total BS. And there's BS on every single level. And I'll try to point it out kind of succinctly. It's BS, and I'll have to start with the top here, that college athletics administration bungled the transfer portal and and bungled all of the signing day all of the infrastructure for when you need to have your teams in place to get on the road and do your recruiting to have it all getting set up while there is still impact on games is insanity it's insanity and i know you got to get a jump and you're recruiting in season and and it's a living breathing organism a college program but for this to happen while your team is in the in the playoffs, about to have the biggest game of the year versus Montana, who will take advantage of something like this, like they did with Delaware. When you when you give a team fuel like this, they are going to get punished afterwards. So that that that's unfair. It is what it is. But the the, the scheduling, just the entire bracket of time allotted to find a new coach and get it going is ridiculous because stuff like this can happen. It's ridiculous. The announcement time uh, that it's made a day after uh, an incredible, massive win momentum's all on your side. And you say, okay, the football program is at the best has been all season. Let's take the rug out from underneath them. I, I, I feel terrible. It feels like a gutless decision. I know it's a decision, a business decision, but if I'm on that campus, I'm like, what the hell just happened? We just had a massive win, and now our coach is leaving to be, go be a linebacker coach. I would feel ripped off. I and and you're completely right about that. Uh, uh, the atmosphere in the locker room completely shifts. It's like, okay, guys, it could go one of two ways. All right, let's send and uh, let's send them off with the championship, or oh my gosh, our coach left. We have we have no motion now. We're done for. We're cooked. Most of the time, it's the latter. It, it, yeah. Uh, I also, for anyone who wants to push back and say that this isn't impactful, literally go look at what happened at Oregon State. Just the, the, I'm just talking about this here. Like, I'm not even going to pull like a deep, deep one. Oregon State, when they played Oregon and Jonathan Smith the night prior, no, it was right before kickoff when he announced it was announced he's going to Michigan State. And then um, the other one I think about is, is Willie Fritz going to Houston. I think that Michigan was announced State also, which was early in the season, but they fell they completely fell apart. You, well, that's, 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 that's a reason, completely different sort of, yeah, very, very on the umbrella of head coach, not being there, but it's less about head coach, not being there. It's your head coach knowing that when you're in a position of, of potential success on a, on a run to do something tremendous and to have some sort of accolade or accomplishment, 
and for that coach to bail, it feels like you're getting bailed on for like yeah. the Mel Tucker thing is because he was, I, 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 I just want to throw it out there. I, I don't think that this is realistic and I'm sure that North Dakota state fans will tell me, no, this isn't going to happen. But Craig Bowl just retired, who was Wyoming's head coach. He was a multi-national championship winning head coach at North Dakota State. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, maybe if there's some way to coerce him into Don't coming back. Excited, for, Joe. Why are you teasing your... them? Why are you teasing them? Uh, I would feel that that would be the uh, at the top of your list to it bring back be. Craig Bull. He's 65. Like that's not like a crazy, you know, super old age right. that he's gonna. You know, it, it could you know be done, done with coaching. I got gotcha. you, or at least bring him and in as an right analyst. Now, or right now, I, if I'm a North Dakota State fan, I just want to set fire to something. I can't be like, oh, maybe we get Craig Bull. Like, I, I just can't be in that camp right now. In a I week, mean, that, maybe, to make yourself feel good, you kind of have to do that. Yeah, I, gotcha. <laughs> I, I know. Um, Albany versus Idaho ends up being um, a very thrilling, exciting game. Albany wins. 30 to 22. They have a rushing touchdown to, to really cap this thing off. Idaho started the game hot and their inability to finish drives and taking field goals really, really, really hurt them in this game because it just left Albany, who has a far more explosive offense than I think we realized, to come back into the game and to make a big play and then eventually take the lead. And that's exactly what happened here. Albany's defense made the plays that they needed necessary to slow down Idaho. Didn't, you know, Ben don't break. They got an important sack late in the game that, that gave Albany the football back. But holy hell, that connection between Poffenbarger and Easton, it, it was funny to even watch because I still play NCAA 14. And there's something about NCAA 14 that when, um, if the corners are, are too pressed up on the receivers, you always check to, to four verts. Yeah. And it always works because whatever reason, most of the corners in the game, unless you're playing like a 99 overall team, cannot keep up with the with the DBs because there's no over-the-top help, all that shit. So it felt like I, I was watching myself play NCAA 14, and there were just go route, go route, go How? route. Hey, man, just go to the back of the end zone. We're just going to throw it back there. And he was open. It's not like it was a tough, difficult, contorting catch. There was multiple yards of separation. And Easton was making those plays. Yeah, Albany is making noise. They are making noise. Uh, you feel bad. You feel for the Idaho guys. They uh, they had a really good season. Uh, they're very passionate fans. As we've gotten to, I guess, grow closer uh, with, with some of them. And sorry, Rack. Yeah, Chester. sorry, Rack Chester, Chris, aka Rack, uh, all, all the whole crew. But last week, uh, uh, Idaho did not look sharp, and we could tell they didn't look sharp. This week, they still didn't look sharp. And you this is not the time to go cold. They just went a little too cold. And, and, and not they're not to the point of being bad, but they just went a little too cold for the playoffs. It's a bummer. They were a good team, fun team, plenty of playmakers, plenty of guys that you want to watch play. But Albany is making noise. I am having former FCS quarterbacks reaching out to me asking, what's the deal with Poffenbarger? Is he legit? What's he about? Ooh. Don't worry about it. Don't Vito, worry. Yeah, Vito, Vito, Vito texted me. He's asking me about Poff and Barger. I'm like, look, he makes the throws. He'll take a couple chances a game where uh, a little bit of nuts on the line. I'm going to make it. Th- he had a great one in the pocket, broke three tackles. And Vito's sending me clips. Like, what about this throw? I'm like, okay, well, this throw, he did this. And Vito knows he was a quarterback. But 
but he uh, Poffenbarger does what you need him to do. He's going to make the passes. He's going to sling it when he needs to. He put every ounce of might in one of the deep bombs, and I think it went about 55 yards in the air, which is fine. It still was completed. But, <laughs> but if you look back at the mechanics, I mean, he's on like one big toe at the end of the throw. He put everything into it. So it's not like he's got ridiculous arm strength or great talent, but he he, he makes the passes when he sees he has an option. Uh, oh, you just you just bodied my man. Over I'm not here. bodying <laughs> him. I'm saying he's 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 very. He went for three forty one and three touchdowns. You can't body someone when they did something like that. And if so, it, and he would he would just respond. Look at this stat line in an FCS playoff game. Like, yeah, you got it. Easton went off two twenty eight. I mean, there were some fat stats this week. It's impressive. Albany is a hot team. They are cohesive, and they're going to bring another test. It's going to be interesting. This is interesting because Albany is in a frozen tundra also. So we finally have an East Coast team that is equipped to play in the cold late December, opposed to, unfortunately, Furman, who held up very well, who held up very well. But we might see a little bit more pushback. Albany's a tough team also. Exciting win for them. Yeah. They're tough. For anyone who doesn't doesn't know the environment of Albany. Some of the worst wind I have ever experienced in my life is in that, that God awful rinky dink, stupid ass, shitty little nothing stadium that Albany has. Okay. The locker rooms are rough, but the stadium is okay. No, no, here we go. That's bullshit. We had to walk that far. Bingo screw. No, that was a tough, long walk. Elon had a long walk also. The Elon, I'm trying to think the worst. Of, oh, the Harvard walk. I always, I tweet about every, every time somebody tweets out that stupid Harvard, Harvard stadium, Harvard, it's like, Harvard oh, stadium. this is one of the most historic stadiums in college football. It's a piece of shit. That is the worst stupid piece of shit stadium I have ever been in. And I never aspire to go back. Anyone who thinks that that is some historic monument is a fucking idiot. That stadium fucking Sucks. Brown Stadium Sorry. reeks. That reeks. The most painful walk. Oh, that's not a stadium. The most that's painful. Even, that's a the, staircase the most, next to a grass field. The most painful walk was Maine. Maine. We were up there one time, just bitterly oh. cold, and you're just like, it, and and also your locker rooms. That's are good strategery, it, though. It is good that's str- good strategery. Good strategery because also our locker rooms are attached to the ice rink, so you don't you're even freezing get warm your nuts off. You go to the locker room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you're just- <laughs> there's, a, there's a great hip check. They're just playing a game intramural. It's freezing cold. I'm trying to get out of the cold. Locker room's like maybe maybe 60 degrees, still shivering. I'm getting no burn. I'm like, this is awful. This is hideous. Uh, I've been in a million hockey locker rooms, so I kind of like appreciated and understood what it was like getting, you know, <laughs> what, getting changed and stuff in a hockey locker room. I just thought that that was hilarious. What um, what strategery that was. Oh my god. All right, all right. To get back on track here for the last game, and I think that, you know, certainly not least, this was a wild freaking game to watch. And I I know that a lot of FCS fans don't like that they get put into these um, non-Saturday slate games. I think that it was really awesome to see. It it was it was it came on at the perfect time. It was at the end of the day. And I watched so many people that appreciate FCS football that but don't talk about it like like. Barstool accounts were talking about it. We had um, other college football analysts with SB Nation that were talking about it. I think McAfee even tweeted about it. Like, th- it's great it's, that this game was yeah. down to the wire and it was exciting, and that we get opportunities. And, th- and there is going to be another Friday game. I think that we should have a weekly Friday game. Not, not to to, to focus too much on that though. Thirty-five twenty-eight overtime victory 
for the Grizz. This was a really freaking tough, hard-fought battle throughout the entirety of it. It was both teams stepping up, playing really good against the run. Furman did everything in their power to take away Montana's rushing attack, and they did a really damn good job of it. But what I give a ton of credit to is that Montana was not afraid to throw the ball, and Clifton McDowell stepped up to the occasion, stepped up to the challenge that he was asked to do. Now, he did end up – it says he threw – he did throw a pick. He does say that he went 17 for 31, which isn't great. But I thought that he made a number of important throws that despite all the pressure, everything that they put him through, he still played a really good game. He also extended the game with his legs. Jalen Milrow asked the way that he put this team on his back. But man, Furman really blew that final opportunity there at the end of the game when they came all the way back and then could have gone for two to win the game and then just false start and then shit the bed in overtime. That was the most deflating thing that I've ever seen. This I really appreciated this game uh, because it didn't. I didn't get until this game to see how truly similar both teams were. It was. It just came down to Tyler Huff versus Clifton McDowell. S- truly, McDowell two oh eight a touchdown a pick. Huff one eighty eight a touchdown and a pick. Uh, both were their teams rushing leaders. Were both teams running backs. Uh, the second leader, Grant Robinson for Furman, 17 yards. Uh, Montana's leader, Nick Osmo, outside of the quarterback, 19 yards. Montana's uh, leading receiver, 91 yards. Furman's, 78. I mean, you could not have gotten more parallel performances out of the two teams who, and I, they're just so, di- they're, they're, they're so far apart in such different conferences that you don't, I didn't realize how similarly built they were, how, how they executed so similar, how, and it's it looked like inner squad like like if we were to play Rhode Island if Rhode Island was to play Rhode Island 2 it would look like this and and one team would just have to win in overtime it, it it's it's an instant classic impressive montana gets the win this time they play again if they played 10 times it'd be 5-5 five, five. it would have to be an odd odd series it would have to be impressive win by montana it's a great win you need to be a great team to get an overtime win in the playoffs. Luck, whatever you want to call it, that is a great win. Huge momentum. And now they now it's just, it was a really good game. Friday games are important. Whenever you can mm. get a bunch, whenever you can get the dudes on the couch on Friday night, because we're just scrambling. We were looking. What were you doing on Saturday, Joe? You were looking for something to watch. Saturday or Friday? Sat- Saturday and Friday. You're just looking always because it, yeah. it, it, it it's so it's it's you're not competing at this point. You just be be what's on. That's what the FCS needs to do. Be what's on. The MAC knows what they're doing. I'm not saying we need to see Delaware State uh, versus Richmond on Wednesday at four. I, I, I'm just saying be no. what's on when when you can be. And, and and this is what it was. It was it was great. I love this game. Furman, great season. You just get, you just a couple plays short. It's brutal. Yeah. It's brutal to come a couple plays short. It, it's just, it's just so crazy because, you know, Montana was just playing a little bit stronger of a game and they had that extra edge. Special teams of, for Montana were stellar. Yeah. Junior Berg, they, they had, they had just a better edge of having Clifton McDowell able to run the way that he did, that when nothing else was working, when you have an athletic quarterback, and that's what made, what's made him so good and what's kept Montana 
on this this current string of success is that when other things aren't working, they're able to turn to him and he's able to run the football and he's able to extend plays with his legs and be a part of the a facet of the running game. But like that final drive by Furman, just it it was it was so I don't even know how to describe it. It was just so tension filled yeah. and nerve wracking that they're just like, oh my God, they they keep moving this ball. They just keep moving this ball. And for them to you have all the momentum and I love the decision to go for two. Like I think that more teams need to do that instead of letting the opposing team back onto the field when you know that you're having trouble stopping them and, and your defense is gassed. Just go for two. You can't freaking get the false start. And then after that, you can't let them score and then completely shit the bed in overtime. Unbelievable choke job in overtime. You had all of the momentum, all of the momentum, and you just it, it, all the air was let out of the balloon, dude. It was I, I was dumbfounded by the play calling in overtime by Furman because they again, didn't expect they to be in an all, overtime. They burned their overtime on the last drive. That was their play set. They were what they, do had you mean? Uh, well, they had okay, to. Well, I kind of get what you're saying. Like, like I, I don't. Yeah. Was Dominic Roberto hurt, by the way? Can somebody, like, I, I I was watching this game. I'm like, why aren't they getting the ball to Dominic? He two had two carries. carries. Yards. I don't know what happened. You, when you're facing the team that's punching you in the mouth at the line of scrimmage, why not bring in the big goddamn back that's been punching people in the face back? What? I don't know. I don't know. I have for, uh, just a huge bumbling by Furman. But again, uh, Montana is, is in the face of adversity, has just completely stood up and stopped everybody so huge huge credit to the grizz i i mean i'm gonna go as far as to say when we do the preview and they're gonna beat north Dakota state well i mean now they are after today they definitely are now for sure and now we could have had a debate on how the game would have played out because of uh you know how good north Dakota state has looked and look i think that they're gonna come in with a very similar offensive of approach of saying like okay we know that you're gonna stand up and stop us we're just going to take shots the whole game, and we're going to see if we can kick and uh, can connect on them. You know, final quick thought for me on Furman. I feel like it, it was I appreciated them proving people right for their rankings all year. You play this good of a game that I I got some pushback at times for ranking Furman. To, if people thought it was too high. It was a good. They're a good football team, and you got to see that. And they got yeah. to justify themselves even in a loss that hey, we were one of the best all all year. We they were, uh, and it's a tough loss, but. Montana has been on an ungodly tear uh, lately, so hard hard to get past that. It just is. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. At Joe DeLeon, at Sanderson Radio. We'll be back later in this week doing a preview of the semis. We'll also uh, – I think we might be live this Thursday just doing general college football, mailbag talk, that kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that. We'll be back. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.